No one likes to be in the doghouse, okay? But hey, we've all been there. I've been there. You've been there. Even Kyle's been there. Well, guess what? There's some players that might be in Talkin's doghouse heading into the season. Who are those guys? We're going to tell you next here on Locked On Canucks. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, 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 welcome to another episode here of Locked On Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs, Canucks writer and part-time credential media member for Daily Hive Vancouver. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL or enter promo code locked on NHL for a free white tech hat with any order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. And before we dive into the show, we got to thank you for listening to Locked Up Canucks. It's your team every day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to those beautiful podcasts that you listen to, like the one you're listening to right now. On today's episode, we got to talk about the people in the doghouse uh, and specifically for Rick Tockett. Okay. Some players maybe got a bit of the short end of the stick last season. Um, so we're going to talk about people in, who are in Tockett's Doc- doghouse who are going to look to climb out of there, obviously. And then on the other side, we'll talk about some of Tockett's buds. Okay. Who did Tockett really like that last season? Uh, but first and foremost, let me introduce someone who, you know, I, I like him quite a lot. Uh, Kyle Bowen. What's going on, buddy? Not much, man. Just another day at the office at the workplace, at the dream. Let's be honest. Let's be real. Uh, I get to make things. So I'm super, super blessed. Right? Right? Living the dream, dude. And I get to talk Canucks with the bud. Uh, one of the best buds, Trevor Be- Be- Beggs on the daily. Come on, man. We live in the dream. Uh, we also get to talk to the people as well. A lot of comments uh, on the last episode. Man, oh, man. Some people, man. Some people got to watch the FIFA Women's World Cup, okay? More on that in 20 minutes. I'm just saying, yo. I'm just saying. I, I got ideas, man, for real. Uh, but this is a Canuck show, right? A Canuck show, and it's a Canuck show in August. And apparently, Tockett already has some people in the doghouse, okay? In the doghouse. Hey, shout out to Chris Faber. So, yeah, who, who's in the doghouse? Uh, I'm curious to know uh, what you've uh, scribbled up here. Yeah, so I, I came up with four players who are in Tockett's doghouse. And, you know, this is really just looking at kind of trends in their game in terms of ice time and, and all that stuff. I will say, I think there was more players that Tockett liked compared to guys who are in the doghouse. But part of that is also, we're doing this in August. And uh, the Cox have cleared house a bit, right? Like, all of Reckman Larson was kind of in Tockett's doghouse, was seeing his uh-huh. minute slash. He gets injured. He's gone, right? So players like that are no longer on the team. Uh, so people who are in the doghouse, some of them aren't even here anymore. Uh, but I'm going to start, and it's, you know, two of the most prominent wingers on the Canucks are up, up here first and foremost, and it's Andre Kuzmenko and Connor Garland. Uh, I think both guys, to an extent, were, let's say, quote-unquote, in Tockett's doghouse last season. Uh, and I'll start with Garland. So this surprised me, but when Garland played for Tockett in Arizona, he was playing almost 18 minutes a night. And, you know, part of that was the Arizona Coyotes team at the time, but part of that was Garland was a young player who had earned that opportunity. So I thought... You know, with Garland being one of the few guys who actually played under Tockett, he'd have, you know, a bit of a longer leash, maybe a bit of an increased role. Instead, he was playing less than Phil DiGiuseppe, and he was playing on a line with Dakota Joshua and Nils Amon. I mean, 
Kyle, I think we talked about maybe a couple of months back, but were you surprised with how Garland was used under Tockett? I was a little surprised, and it was just based on, you know, the the brief knowledge I had of those two being together in the past. You know, again, just put those two together, didn't look at the microstats, didn't know how much Garland was playing, or didn't even look up any quotes about Tockett and his, again, thoughts on Connor Garland. It was just, you know, the connection, the Coyotes and Garland in the past. So that that made me a little bit surprised to see how he was being used when Tockett did come to Vancouver. That being said, Garland's got to earn it. He's got to earn it. I truly do believe he has another gear to him when it comes to being more consistent. You know what I'm saying? And I think... That's one thing that Tockett is going to really try to drive home. Like, you got to bring it every game. You got to bring it every, every, every game. It, it, there's that saying, man. Something about, like, how to, uh, how to, like, bring in a new habit into your life. And you got to make sure that you don't do the wrong thing two times in a row. So in this case, Garland can't have two bad games. It goes to Besser as well. Besser can't have two game, two bad games in a row. And we've seen it with Kuzmenko as well. You, you can't have two straight games of uh, playing bad defensively. I think Tockett, uh, ironically, with the, do- uh, the doghouse, who's in the doghouse, I think the leash is going to be short when it comes to players who, again, have bad games. It's cool if it happens once in a while, but don't let it happen immediately again. Garland, on the consi- consistency front, has to do that. He needs to be consistent game in and game out. I know seasons don't, you know, they're not perfect. Garland is not the perfect player, but if you don't have it one game, make sure you have it the next. He's got to be accountable. So to answer your question, I am surprised, but Garland, I don't know if he really deserved, you know, uh, that much of a spotlight last year, you know? Uh, Tockett's got to pick his guys, and he's got to get a grip of the team. And, yeah, uh, he, he wasn't in a rush to play a lot of Connor Garland, and that's okay. Yeah, and I think going back to that consistency point, there were definitely nights last season where Connor Garland kind of just looked like he was out there not doing much, right? And um, I could count definitely a few games last season where I was at the game live where it was like Pedersen and Kuzmenko were the only two noticeable Canucks. And uh, Garland was one of those guys who was kind of blended in a bit more than he should. Uh, But, you know, we talked, you mentioned consistency, Kyle. I think that was another reason why Kuzmenko ended up in in Talkers Doghouse a bit. And, you know, this is kind of like a spoiler spoiler alert for when we talk about Tockett's buds, but one of Tockett's biggest buds was Phil DiGiuseppe. It shocked me that Phil DiGiuseppe spent more, had more even strength ice time per game than Andre Kuzmenko under Rick Tockett. Like, that's mind-boggling. <laughs> We're talking about a guy who almost had 40 goals, right? And Phil DiGiuseppe played more than him at even strength? It's, it's hard to believe, man, but I think we saw that, right? With Kuzmenko, it was a bit of an easier ride under Boudreaux when... You know, things were a bit tumultuous, to say the least. But under Tockett, you know, Kuzmenko took a shift off, had a bad back check. Tockett was stapling him to the bench, which I think for where the Canucks were last season, I think it was the right move, right? Because who cares? you got to teach this guy less, and the Canucks aren't going anywhere exactly. uh, in the standings. So, uh, I mean, exactly. but at the end of the day, we're talking about guys who are in Tockett's doghouse, and Kuzmenko ended up there a few times last season. Kyle, you picked him as your surprise player for next year, so it's safe to say that uh, Kuzmenko will uh, stay out of Tockett's doghouse from from day one of camp here. I hope so. And I think so. I mean, we've seen the footage, man. This guy's putting it out there, you know? He's trying to get better. And, you know, it's it's not as if I, I've seen the Kuzmenko footage from the past. Maybe this is like typical Andre Kuzmenko. Like he, he does go hard in the summer, but I don't know. Based on some of the talk quotes, uh, there there was some room to improve on like just 
being a little bit more fit, you know, and getting getting really into uh, what it takes to be a really, really good top-end NHL player. And I think the fitness will get Kuzmenko there. And I think him getting some of that tough love, like Garland did last year from Tockett, is a, a really good team, a, a really good thing, sorry. And uh, you got to do those things, right? Tockett comes in with 40 games left. The season doesn't matter. You got to teach those lessons. And because he was looking to teach those lessons early on with core players that are going to be there in a couple months in September for a new season, I think it allowed him to just dive fully into experimenting with trying to get the most slash see what Bill DiGiuseppe was. It's a combination of a lot of things. Kuzmenko, Besser, and Garland got that type of treatment from Tockett. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Kyle, I'm going to mention two other players here quickly who were in uh, Tockett's doghouse at points. And really, they're both younger guys who uh, the leash was probably a bit shorter just because of you know where they are in the development. But I had Vasily Podkolz and then Jack Rathbone down. So uh, with Podkolz, first and foremost, when he got recalled in February, you know, he was averaging, you know, 14 to 15 minutes per game. That slowly slipped uh, during the rest of his tenure up in Vancouver. He was often, you know, playing alongside Kratsov on a fourth line, or they had that short stick with Pedersen. But Podkolz, I just don't think he seems like a talkative guy, but he just didn't really do enough to stand out under Talkit last season. So I think you and I mm-hmm. both have big hopes for Vasily Podkolzin, but... I think he's got to do a lot more to uh, you know, become one of Tockett's buds. I think he's a little bit closer to the doghouse territory than he is bud territory right now. And uh, same yeah, goes with Jack Rathbone. Sorry, go ahead. You want to say something about, no, no, about no, 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 no. I'll say, but look, finish off your point on Rathbone. Come on, man. Yeah, so with Rathbone, all I was going to say is, you know, with uh, the state of the Canucks for Ross last season, Bears injured, OEL is injured, you know, guys getting traded like Shen. All these depth defensemen get called up, uh, you know, Will Lannan. Uh, Brisewall, you know, Heroes, they got a stint. Jack Rathbone was like, you know, kind of last in the pecking order. Played five games. He was heavily sheltered in those minutes. Um, I just, I again, you know, I don't, I don't see him as a talking favorite. He's probably a bit more in talking's doghouse. I think he's in the organizational doghouse, to be honest with you. The whole organization treated Jack Rathbone um, improperly last season. We'll put it that way. Um, so again, I, I think Rathbone is, is more in doghouse territory. He's going to have to have a huge camp to uh, make it to bud territory and even just to be on this team. Yeah, I just think that's impossible. And uh, the thing with Pot Colson, as mentioned weeks ago, guy just needs to be confident. And I'm going to look at it on the other side of the spectrum. Maybe it's a good thing that Tockett came in here. And, you know, he obviously didn't know a lot about Pot Colson, you know, doing work for TNT, you know, being away from the game. Uh, like, he, he, was, like, he wasn't watching Pot Colson highlights. It's not as if, it was like the Phil, Phil DiGiuseppe thing. Like, oh, what, what what do I want to see in this guy? Blah, blah, blah. But maybe it's a good thing that, again, that he came here and he, and he showed tough love to Pod Colson because he kind of knows that for this team to kind of move forward as an organization, they need one of their top picks to really get it together and be a true professional. And I'm going to bring up the word again, consistency. It's a big thing. It's a big thing. Be there no matter what. You, you had one bad game. You don't let that get in the way of the next game. And it ties back into confidence. It really does. But at the end of the day, you have to be accountable. You got a new NHL game to play. Don't don't dwell on uh, your quote-unquote bad play. You know, just keep keep at it. Keep at it. And play hard. That's one thing about Phil, Phil DiGiuseppe, you know? He doesn't have all those other intangibles, but he plays hard every shift. So if you don't have, like, the puck skills in one game, you're not feeling confident offensively. I'm talking to guys like Garland, even Besser, Pod Colson. 
don't got to say that too much about Kuzmenko. But if you're feeling like that, you know, you wake up in the morning and something feels a little off, I don't think that's an excuse to not have, have legs in the game. You know what I'm saying? You got to bring it. Taka's going to want you to bring it. It's just the truth. And we've seen, I know uh, comparison is the thief of joy, but it's okay to compare the Canucks to other teams to kind of get a sense of where you want to be. And you see the way Vegas plays, man. Like, you need that tenacity, you know? And for scrappy teams, teams that are in cap hell, you need, you know, everyone to buy in. And that, again, has to do a lot with being consistent consistent and having your legs with you and playing hard every shift. And no matter what, I think Talk is going to expect that from a lot of these guys, game in and game out. 100%. And, uh, you know, if you want to have that tenacity, if you want to be feeling your best, you know what you got to do? You got to put on Bird Dogs, baby. Oh, yeah. Bird Dogs is back. Sponsoring the show, Kyle. You know, guess what? I, I got a couple more packages in the mail from Bird Dogs. What? Uh, I, I don't know if you got yours or not. You might be missing out, eh? Maybe I need to give you some of my stuff. But Because I'm telling you right now, you know, I, I'm living by myself at the house, okay? My, my wife and kids are gone. I cannot leave the house in my Bird Dogs gear. I'm going to get mauled by a cougar, if you know what I mean, okay? That, that's just the demographic neighborhood I live in. Um, but the, yeah, these Bird Dogs, I got a pair of pants and a pair of shorts. Not only are they, you know, good looking, but they are, there's khaki shorts and, and pants designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. And guess what? I'm a sweaty guy. So that's why I love my bird dogs because they use anti-stick sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So make sure you go to birddogs.com slash NHL or enter promo code NHL for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash Locked on NHL or promo code locked on NHL for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. By the way, before we get back to the show, I got to remind you again that every episode of Locked on Canucks will be available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcatcher at 4.20 p.m. for no reason at all. Again, every episode of Locked on Canucks at 4.20 p.m. for no reason at all. Let's get back to the show. Okay, okay. We're back. Locked on Canucks, your team every day. Just took my first couple sips of coffee, okay? What time is it? One o'clock? I'm feeling much more awake. And I can't believe we went through segment number one, talking only hockey in August, okay? There's a there's a segue there. Uh, Begsy, have you ever been in the doghouse? Like, actually, the, the easy answer is yes. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it up. Recently, in the last year, you don't have to get too personal, but have you ever been in the doghouse at the home? And if you want to share, I want, I want to know what you did. Okay, did you not oh, take man. out the trash? Because when you get older, those little things matter. When you know when you have a wife taking care of the kids, doing everything right, and you forget to take out the trash, I can only imagine uh, what type of trouble that would uh, put you in. Okay, and rightfully so. Or have you been? Yeah, on the you know street? what, man. Not, not to, uh, not to pump my own tires. I feel like when I, I get sent to the doghouse, it's usually pretty short term. Maybe I'm charming my way <laughs> out of it. Um, what have I been sent to the? I think, think the main thing I might get sent to the doghouse for is you know, my wife says something, and not that I didn't listen, but maybe I didn't hear her. You know, I'm getting a little hard of hearing. Okay, I'm 30 years old now, um, and oh, then she'll kind of like ask me something, and I, I'll be like, "You never told me that." And she's like, "Yeah, I did tell you that. You just weren't listening." Uh, so maybe that's uh, the main thing. I've uh, I haven't forgotten my kid at day I haven't forgotten my kid at daycare, but I've left like her some of her stuff, like her main toy she sleeps with. I've left at daycare. And oh. I gotta like 
I'm like, I'm either going to be in the doghouse all night long with a cranky toddler, or I got to drive all the way back to my kid's daycare to grab a, a stuffy toy, man. So yeah, yeah it's, I guess it, it happens, man. Come on. We're, we're all, we all end up in the doghouse, buddy. Dude, man. I think they're barely happy, man, but they're happy all the time too. It's a complicated thing, man. For real, for real, for real. Okay. Your team every day, locked on Canucks, Kyle Bowman, Trevor, Bags, remember to subscribe and hit the like button wherever you, you know, stream this podcast and on YouTube. Yeah, we just want to know, you know, how, how we doing? Leave us a review. Leave us a review. Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Why not? Maybe we'll read it. Maybe we'll read it on the next segment in six minutes, right? Comment Corner. Anyways, more on that. And again, six minutes. Uh, let's talk about Tockets Buds. And I feel as if, like, there's such, there's, there's such, there's such easy answers here, you know, for real. You got like Quinn Hughes, Pedersen, blah, blah, blah. I, I even feel as if JT Miller under Taka did really well, and he's probably already a bud. Off the top, though, hit me with a surprise. Hit me with a surprise, okay? All right. Yeah, because I, I do have, obviously, the, the, the common ones and a couple surprises. I'll throw my biggest surprise at you, and that's Guillaume Brisois. And this is the case for maybe Guillaume Brisois making the Canucks out of camp, buddy. Now, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen, but let me throw this stat at you, okay? Uh, in terms of Canucks defensemen who averaged the most time per game on the penalty kill, it went Myers, Philip Hironik, who played four games, and Guillaume Brisois. Those are your top three penalty killing Canucks defensemen in terms of average ice time per game. So when Brisois plays, he's getting thrown into those you know, tough penalty killing matchups, okay? Um, again, I think his even strength effectiveness, he, it was better early on in the season, kind of dissipated and had some bad games towards the end. But Guillaume Brisewell obviously was a guy who was trusted enough to go out there and kill, you know, two minutes worth of penalties per game. And now that might be because the Canucks didn't have anybody else to do it, but at least Guillaume Brisewell was getting the nod to do it. It wasn't, you know, Christian Wolanda when he was in the lineup or something like that. It was Guillaume Brisewell. Man, oh man, you think I'm going to carry on this conversation about Guillaume Brisewell for... <laughs> Another couple of minutes, man. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll no, see. No, no. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens in training camp. You know, it's the same with uh, we, we've brought him up all episode. Uh, shout out to Italy, yo. Shout out to Italy. And definitely, like, Italy by far and away ha has the best accent in the world. For real. And I wish I could say Phil Di Giuseppe's name the right way. I, I wish I could just speak Italian, to be honest, right? Just have the accent. Just have the English Italian accent. That is, could you imagine this podcast with this tone of voice with <laughs> an Italian English accent just talking Canucks for 20 minutes? Unbelievable. Uh, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. We'll see how much of that love based on the minutes for guys like Breezebaugh, Breezebaugh, and uh, Phil DiGiuseppe were like, if it's real or not, going into training camp in like the first couple of preseason games, you know? Was it out of necessity? Was it out of boredom? Was it out of curiosity? Or was it out of true belief? We'll, we'll see early on in, in training camp and again the preseason. Yeah, we'll see. That was uh, definitely my biggest surprise among Talkett's buds. I mean, yeah, like you mentioned, Petey Miller and Hughes. Talkett played the wheels off all of them. They're obviously favorites. Philip Peronik, he made my favorites list because he averaged over 24 minutes a night with one <laughs> arm. Dude, this guy was obviously a favorite, man. There was no easing Philip Peronik into okay. things. This guy was playing big. He was playing big minutes off the I hop. I can't believe they brought out Philip Peronik just to sell 40 more season tickets or 17. For real. <laughs> no, 100%. That's why they did it. Let him play a couple oh, minutes. Man. Show a couple people who are in the crowd. 
oh wow, this guy's actually not bad. He's calm, poised. He's he's the reason why the Canucks are going to be better. We're re up in four grand, five grand. Take my take my uh, take my money. Section three twenty, row number twenty six. Okay, just take it because of Philip Ronick. That's the only reason they did it. Oh, you, you know 26. it too, man. Jesus, I don't even man. know, man. I don't even know, man. Okay, That's, Kyle Bowen, Trevor uh, Beggs, locked on Canucks. I, I do want to. I do want to kind of touch on Quinn Hughes just a bit, though, because I think that he's maybe yep. Tockett's best bud on this team. Okay? Uh, okay, they got the uh, the American thing. They, they speak the same language, right? That's big. <laughs> what? Why are you laughing? We always bring up <laughs> – we always bring up – we, we always bring up Alvin. We always speak of, speak of Alvin dra- drafting Swedish players, and, you know, we make, you know, those connections. I'm making the connection right now. They speak the same American accent. Uh, American English. It's different. It's different. They understand each other. And All right. Quinn Hughes is damn reliable in the room and on the rink. And I didn't know Quinn Hughes was that vocal. But Tockett's speaking as if this dude's like who, who, like Tom Brady in there, you know? Just being that guy. Again, best buds with Rick Tockett. Yeah, I think you make a fair point because, you know, it's when you've talked to, when, again, when they mentioned the captain thing, when he was asked about it at the end of season media availability, it was kind of like he went on about Hughes and how he's, you know, become more of a leader and blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, then he talks about how Pedersen, kind of quiet, but he's talking more. Like it was very much his praise was much more muted with Pedersen than it was with Hughes. So uh, I, I would probably agree with you. I think Hughes is probably talking's best bud. Future captain of the Vancouver yeah. Canucks too, potentially. Dude, listen to uh, Tockett's interview with Halford and Bruff, and it was even more so apparent that, again, Quinn Hughes is that guy in the room, and Tockett really appreciates it. You know, uh, jokes aside, you know, the reason why they're going to be best buds is because he's going to be the bridge. Like, Quinn Hughes is going to be the bridge. He's going to be the captain, man. Whether I agree with it or not, I, I think he's that damn good. I think he's, you know, 97 overall potential. You know, he's he's going to be great. I'm just a big Petey fan. but. You know, it's going to take some time for me to get used to Quinn being the guy, but I don't think it's going to take that much time because Quinn is that guy as well. Yeah. For real. Yeah, 100%. He is Talkett's best bud. I mean, the only other bud that I didn't mention was Dakota Joshua. I think Joshua, again, uh, saw his role elevated throughout the second half of last season, mm-hmm. ended up spending a chunk of time playing alongside Pedersen and Kuzmenko. Uh, then when I, again, this is probably my, the, the best quote I got out of a scrum, but when I asked talking about Joshua, he said that Joshua could score 20 goals in this league, which blew me away. I think that bar is probably a bit too high for Joshua, but he's clearly someone that's liked by Rick Tockett at the end of the day. Um, you know, I think, uh, Rick Tockett might love Dakota Joshua more than, um, more than I love you, Kyle. Wow. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. And that, that matters in the dressing room. There's gotta be a lot of that, uh, colleague type of love for real and appreciation and respect. And, you know, Dakota Joshua, one year left on the deal. And I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of liking that, you know, there's a lot to play for and there seems to be a lot of trust, which means there's going to be a lot of opportunity for Dakota Joshua to want to exceed expectations again. And for a team that needs everything to go right. Again, been very, very optimistic been very, very, very hopeful, want the best for the West Coast, the best coast. I also do truly understand, because I am a little rational, okay? I truly do understand that everything has to be going right and correct, and a lot of players have to exceed their value for, again, uh, us to get the bare minimum of hope. 
and uh, success in the city because we have a long way to climb. Uh, the Canucks, for a decade plus, do the math, one of the worst teams in the league. Last year, one of the worst teams in the league. And I'm out here talking like October and November are going to be full of like craze and enjoyment and we're going to make the immediate flip when it's like, dude, you guys got Carson Soucy, Ian Cole, and Teddy Bluger. Wee-hoo. <laughs> Oh man, well, you know, it's uh, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. And uh, Kyle, I know when the Canucks start rocking and rolling, you and I will be there, and the commenters will be there with us. And even though the Canucks aren't even rock and rolling right now, we still have the commenters. So let's get to the commenters on the other side here on Locked On Canucks. Okay, okay, we back here on Locked On Canucks, your team every day. Scratch that. Your Canucks every day. Scratch that. Your Canucks every once in a while in the summer, okay? Three days a week, no matter what. The schedule is unknown, but we'll give you three days of Begsy and Bowen. And every now and then, I'll sprinkle in an episode of Comment Corner as well. Yes, an entire episode of Comment Corner. We did give you one a couple of days ago, so go check that out. Uh, before we get to Comment Corner today, yo, Begsy, you didn't ask me if you know, I've ever been in the doghouse. I wanted to Come ask on, you in the conversation. You're not, you're not, you're not, the, the, you're not yeah. the only one in love. No, no, okay? no, no, no. Okay, let's hear, about, let's hear about your doghouse story. When was the last time you Dude. got thrown in the doghouse? Dude, okay, so, okay, the last time? Oh, man, it was bad, bro. It was bad, and it's too personal. I can't really bring up the details. But, no, no, seriously, because it's too personal, okay? For real. But uh, I do get thrown in the doghouse for like, like you said, you know, one or two minutes every now and then. It does have to do with listening, but also like not giving massages, you know? Mm. Uh, apparently, like. Or, or, you, know, you, know, or you say you're going to give one and then no, you no, forget no, no, to. No, 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 oh, no. How, okay. So my girl, she's injury prone, like injury prone, like the, the, the type of person that gets out of bed and something is sore, you know? And apparently she's been telling me about this for months and months and months and months and months and months. And, months and, I, and I've never you know, giving her a massage or, you know, like catered towards her physical needs in that department. But it's like, dude, I'm not a kinesiologist. I dropped out of kinesiology, okay? <laughs> no, and I, I fail biology. You don't want me to put my hands on you in that way, you know, for medical reasons. You know what I'm saying, bro? Come on, man. It's just the mm -hmm. truth, man. So maybe I have to be more nurturing, but every once in a while when I ignore the request for some sort of comfort physically i get i get told that i'm i'm not a good listener and i'm just you know i don't know just uh, dude life's busy man locked on canucks your team every day like girl i'm a hockey podcaster every day you think i got time to massage you and touch you unbelievable man. You got, man all you gotta do is you know all you gotta do is baby 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 let's uh let's lie down let's chill let's get the candles on Let's listen to me talk to Trevor on Locked On Canucks, baby. Then she'll oh, be in the mood. Man, y'all good. The ambiance, man. The ambiance. Yo, put the candles on for me, baby. Come on, man. Anyways, okay. <laughs> baby, I just, just want to put, put on the candles and listen to myself talk. Okay. Shh, 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 shh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Could you imagine this voice right here, dirty talking? Because it happens. I can. 100%. It happens. Okay. It happens. Anyways, Locked On Canucks, your team every day. Trevor Bags, Kyle. <laughs> Bowen, I'm a dog. I'm a dog. They used to call me Canine Bowen. They used to call me Canine Bowen back in the day. All right? Anyways, though, enough about me. Let's get to the people, and let's get to the favorite segment 
on the program Comment Corner. Welcome to Comment Corner. Powered by paraphrasing. This comment comes from a great father. Hey brothers, I'm probably alone on this rocket ship, but fighting in hockey just looks silly. Punches rarely land, you can break your hand on a helmet, uh, laugh out loud, they're just lame, and I'll say it again, silly. Okay, shout out to the comment, and this one really got me thinking because when I read that comment, the way it was originally written, I started visualizing like young children, young boys, just being brats and annoyed and angry and just like fighting. You know what I'm saying? Like a silly fight. The, the word silly really stood out in the comment. And for a minute there, I really thought that, yeah, like this is actually more silly than it is cool, you know, or or entertaining or athletic or what whatever fighting is, you know, because these guys are on skates, they still got the helmets on and they're missing a lot of punches. And you know what I'm saying? Uh, did, did it make you think of fighting any differently? <laughs> it was an interesting perspective because I do think a, a lot of fights have gone that way because you don't really have designated fighters anymore, right? So often it's two guys in the heat of the moment and they just chuck the gloves off and they start wrestling. So yeah, sometimes it can look a little silly, but at the end of the day, Kyle, to your point on yesterday's episode, by the way, if you haven't checked out yesterday's episode, make sure you go check it out. That episode uh, was a good one, okay? Okay, we talked about the MLS, talked about the NHL, little Lionel Messi, and we talked about all things JT Miller, Kyle's favorite player, okay? Um, but yeah, you know what? Yeah. Guys like JT Miller, Tanner Pearson, they're not known fighters, but they will fight. And sometimes it can look mm. silly, but at the end of the day, Kyle, again, to the point you made on that episode, um, I think it's just a unique selling point for hockey. Like the fact that guys are fighting on skates. And fighting on skates is hard to do. And I think even a casual fan can understand that fighting on skates is hard to do. And uh, obviously with the risk of concussions and stuff, guys can't really take off their helmets like they used to as well. So mm-hmm. I think it's still something you can sell. Um, but yeah, I think you know it comes with the caveat that sometimes the fight's not going to be clean, right? Not every fight is uh, highlight worthy. And, you know, more often than not, especially in upcoming history, because of the fact that less of these players are probably taking like boxing lessons to become NHL fighters. You know what I'm saying? It's maybe not as taken as serious. You you are going to get scruffles and fights that don't equate to a lot of landed punches and whatnot. But at the end of the day, it's still a brouhaha. You know, it's like, it's like, it's, it's, it's sad, bro. It's cause you know how like you're outside, like I'm not the person. Okay. So you're outside and you see a scrap like downtown or something like that. And there's a lot of people pulling out their phones or whatever. Right. And I'm just like, yo, this is, this is actually kind of fucked that. Oh, I'll bleep that out. This kind of, this is kind of too intense because if one of these people land on their heads, like it's, you know, it's just like concrete, you know, we're not professionals here. Something that something can happen, you know, and I feel like the NHL fight now with the helmets having to be on and uh, there's just something there that's like, you can kind of get that, that thrill from it still. And it, at the end of the at the end of the day, it's, it's beyond it just being a selling point or something entertaining. It's still a part of the game. Like we don't understand that, you know, you and I do not understand that media members who have never played the game. We don't understand that because it is separate. There is a, a layer that we cannot cross. Only hockey players, hockey coaches, those people, NHL teams, NHL players can be there. And whether we like it or not, it's still a part of the game. It's pretty evident. And I think it'll always be a part of the game. I don't know how I was going to segue out of this to, to, to some FIFA Women's World Cup. I think 
I don't know, someone was making comments about like figure skating and like, oh, if you don't like fights, go watch women's soccer or something. I don't know if I'm like not saying the right things, but I'm pretty sure I saw that in the live chat. And I just want to say, man, based on what I've seen off TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and the times I've watched the FIFA Women's World Cup this summer, bruh, and it's pretty evident that it's not no fluke because every time this tournament runs around, the world is watching. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Every time it's yeah. like every time. And for it seems like this is like 10 to 20 years worth of tournaments that the world is watching. Yo, these these athletes are top-notch entertainers. And it really made me think. And maybe this would if this would happen, a lot of people would lose jobs because you know, there's a lot of pro women's leagues around there and probably a, a small slash any sort of income for these athletes who play in these pro leagues. But I feel as if the game could really grow and really be a part of the sporting culture and maybe be one of the first women's sports to really be a part of it based on the athleticism and the entertainment that best on best soccer it gives you in the women's department is if again, they, they scrap all the other leagues and they just have best on best for like a hundred games a year. And you don't, you're not just waiting for the women's world cup or the Olympics to see best on best women play against each other i know there's probably minor tournaments in between but i'm talking about a league that is just best on best international teams going at it throughout a whole year in women's soccer and i think it could actually work that'd be cool as hell it'd be a lot of traveling would be the main thing but that's kind of why they have like the concaf and everything set up with the way it is i mean you know you know we love our commenters but you know also like no, no misogyny okay we don't need that stuff you know there's lots of entertainment in figure skating there's lots of enter- entertainment in women's World Cup soccer. Dude, and men figure um, skate too, was, man. And jacked men figure skate, okay? For real. Come on, man. 100%. I, I, wish, I, wish, I, wish, I, w- I wish I could figure skate. You know how much better that mm. would make me in bed? You know, you know maybe we should drop our maybe we should drop our push-up competition and uh, just do some yoga instead. But hey, you know, whether it's push-ups or yoga, we got to get the heck out of here, man. We're over time. I know the boss is, uh, you know, he's he's texting us. He's calling us right now. He's like, what do you yeah. guys do? We said 30 minutes and under, so we got to get out of here, okay? Shout out to the everydayers, the occasional listeners. And if this is your first time listening, welcome to the program. We love you as well. Uh, coming up, you know, we got a couple crossover episodes lined up. I'm talking to uh, Locked on Sharks, Locked on Flames this week. I know if it's worth, if, it's, if we think you guys are going to like it, we'll post it to the feed. Uh, also want to talk about Kuzmenko. Can he succeed without Pedersen? Uh, and more coming up, of course. We're going to fill out the slots here in August. Keep you entertained. But for now, I'm Trevor Banks. That guy's Kyle Bowen. And you've been listening to Locked On Canucks.